Hi everyone, welcome to the Local Bites podcast. I'm Amin Yazdani, your host. It's not easy to start and run a local restaurant. There's a big upfront investment, tight margins, and lots of hard work. Some might say you need to be a little bit crazy to run a successful restaurant. Yet we all know amazing local entrepreneurs who take on this challenge every day. These people make our local communities stronger. Every week, I host one of these amazing people to share their story. Hi, everyone. My guest today is William Presgrove, the owner of Rolling Mug, a drink truck serving soda and floats based in Utah. Uh, so Rolling Mug has a very interesting story. The, 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 the trailer, the Rolling uh, Mug, has actually been uh, around since the 60s but has been named Rolling Mug just five years ago. Um, and uh, William actually bought the, uh, the business from a friend uh, uh, just shy of a year ago. And he now runs it with his wife, uh, serving 20 different flavors of uh, soda and ice cream uh, for an ice cream float. Uh, so William, welcome to Local Bites. Hi, it's good to be here. So you have a very unique business and a very unique uh, root beer trailer. Um, so what are the unique challenges that actually comes with that? Um, there's there's quite a few different types of challenges. Um, one of them is coming into the valley that I live in. Um, they, they do have at several of the larger fairs or venues where there's lots of people that there's a, a local guy that's been here for a while and, and he sells only seven flavors of soda but it's it's still he's a staple he's been here for a really long time so coming into that and already becoming that competition is is really uh, a little bit of a challenge but also for some reason uh, the folks in utah really love their sodas and so there are a lot of other soda shops that aren't mobile um that that have their their specialty sodas i guess where you you kind of dirty up your favorite soft drink but Ours is really unique in the sense that we don't have just basic sodas that you you can make them dirty, but they they are specialty sodas like actual flavors that we've created. But but the biggest challenge is is coming into a market, being the competitor, and and making a making a presence. And how how do you do that? Because like in a market that that cares about soda, that you have. Some players that are just doing soda, some players that are just doing some parts of that, like they're adding that to, to their to their offering. How do you become that unique and differentiated other than, of course, the fact that your trailer is very unique and differentiated? Right. And that that was you took my answer. Um, just the fact that this mug is literally a 12 foot tall mug of root beer on a trailer. And and uh, I've had several people look at it and ask me if it's for sale and. And I've had to tell them, no, it's not. But um, that is part of the challenge, though, is becoming unique. I mean, the, the trailer itself is unique, but it, it, it takes more. Um, some of the, the other similar type vendors are, uh, A, they've been there for a while, or, or B, they have souvenir cups and things like that. And so it's... Mm-hmm. It really is um, the first year that we had it. We've we've struggled a lot with our menu because we have so many options that people um, struggle to pick one, and then they end up just picking a root beer float anyway because that's nostalgic to them, and and that's what they go with. So the the biggest challenge of being unique for a mobile food truck is is picking the right venue and picking the right location. If they can, if if 
they'll allow you to choose your location. You want to know where the traffic is going to be so that people see you. And, and so that was probably one of the biggest things to being unique and having a trailer that looks the way it looks. I probably wouldn't have purchased just a random box truck or, or a, a, in a delivery truck and said, Hey, that looks like it would be a good drink stand. Um, that's, that's not how it happened. I saw the rolling mug and said, that thing's amazing. It already sells itself. Um, and, and I have had a lot of people that stop and say, I want to see what you have just because I love what your truck looks like. That is awesome. And so, so you do a lot of events with, with your drink truck. So Tell me a little bit more about that because that's going to be an interesting. That's an interesting way of uh, promoting your your brand as well and being in in those events. Um, how do you pick first which events to go to, and the second, what to expect at each one of those events? That is part of the challenge. Um, we went to a lot of events last year. I, I being new to the valley that I live in. The we we didn't say no to anybody. Where if they asked us to be at an event, we'd say okay, let us know the details. And I worked really hard all summer long going to all these different venues, and just mostly it was trial and error. Um, I would I went to one event, for example. There's a Cinco de Mayo is a big. Uh, I don't know how big it is in other parts of the world, but in the United States and along the border of Mexico, it's, it's a fun festival that that's a Mex Mexican holiday. Yeah. Um, and I had one venue ask me to be there and I said, sure. And then found out that there was another festival that was three days long instead of one day. And the fee to be there was less. And, and so a lot of it was trial and error. I'm not, very good at telling people no. Um, but some of the questions that I've learned to ask, um, like how, how many people are you expecting? How many vendors are you planning to have there? Uh, how many drink vendors are you planning to have there or desserts, drinks or desserts? Cause root beer floats can be a dessert. And, and so just learning which questions to ask and, and really thinking about, how you would respond. So some places would tell me there's only going to be 10 vendors and then I get there and there's 15 vendors. Well, that's a problem because I paid you X amount of dollars to be here and you told me it would be, mm -hmm. you know, and, 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 and now it's not, it's a different amount and that affects my business. Is there an accountability on, on those side when, when those numbers are, are, are way off? Um, Yes, so long as I hold them accountable. Now, they're not going to tell other vendors to leave likely, but I could tell them I'm leaving. And I, I hadn't done that last year because I wanted to try every event that I could try and and just run myself ragged at every possible chance to, to get the mug out there and get it known. Um, but this year, I'll probably be a lot more selective because I, it's exhausting to, to go to that many events. Of course. Around your, your area, people know Rolling Mark. They see you. You're different. How do you get those people to come and, and order again and again? Like, what's your way of creating that repeat customer base that knows and wants the Rolling Mark on a week-by-week -week basis, on an event-by-event -event basis? Um, so that's actually something my wife and I have discussed a lot um, because toward the end of the year, we made little business cards that were, you know, buy nine, get one free. 
Yeah. Um, and, and so it's a little punch card so that people can take it. And, and when, when they would see us, they would say, Oh, Hey, I've, I've got my punch card. Um, one of the other things we did is we would blast out our location on Facebook and Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the things that we've actually discussed, and I'm not just saying this, um, is Craver and, and the opportunities that you have on your app for, um, ro- loyalty rewards and, and things like that. We're, planning to open a second location that is we're hoping we're putting in a bid to be the concessionaire for uh, the local pool all summer long that is awesome we'll, we'll use their location the mug itself won't be there but we will and then we'll take the mug still to the the major venues where having that attraction is is really uh, the key thing and so having a second you know point of sale system and the possibility of just you know giving people the many different applications with craver so we've we've talked about that um still still in discussion but but having you know social media and just blasting it on social media and giving them a reason to want to come back such as the punch card um we're also talking about adding uh a souvenir mug yeah Oh, that's gonna go well with the with the actual mug that you're rolling on on the roads as well. So, right, and then they'll bring the mug, and we'll give them a, a discounted refill. So, does does having the mug and being so distinctive make it hard growing locations? Like, because the next location is gonna be in a concession stand, as you mentioned, or maybe if you decide to go to brick and mortar, do you think it will be more challenging because you have the mug? front and center of your brand you're actually in the mug um, uh, for your first location possibly what we'll have to do is is if we want people to know that the concession stand is run by the rolling mug yeah it will have to i mean we have a, a, a what do they call those banner flag uh type deal that says you know root beer floats from the rolling mug so we might have to purchase additional advertising of some sort to like a flag extra banners or something yeah. like that to to really show people like hey it's this the the not so rolling mug i guess is what we <laughs> might have to call it <laughs> yeah well the, the 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 beauty of it is that at, at the end of the day is the brand and if you can create that brand that is rolling mug but now and this is this is the standing mug this is not rolling anymore <laughs> but still the same brand i think that consistency of the brand is something that's uh, potentially a little bit harder with, with your concept to, to create, but then once you can create that, then you can start ex- expanding it much more um, rapidly, uh, potentially after that. Right. And they also, the concession stand is is requiring us to have healthy food options and snacks and, and other things as well. So what we'll probably do is just run the concession stand, but have a drink menu brought to you by the roll and mug yeah. um, menu. Um and and it'll be easier, especially with the if we can put on our Facebook, you know, just any social media really, and just say, hey, this is where we're going to be all summer. You can come find us anytime at, at as long as the pool is open. Um, and then we'll also keep you up to date on other locations, other venues, other big big events. Absolutely. So you mentioned experimenting with your pricing, your with your menu, with the mug, and well, you're potentially going to do more of that when you get the, the concession stand as well, because now you need to introduce food items and healthy healthy food items there as well. So what have you learned so far 
from those experimentations? And what do you plan to, how do you plan to use those learnings in the future experimentations? Um, I can, I can be quicker at making changes. So last summer I, I wanted to get a really good sample of, of the pricing that came with the mug when we bought it, they said, these are the prices that we were using. Um, and I also talked a lot with other vendors, uh, food and, and other dessert vendors and said, you know, what are your prices look like? How's your success been? So last year, that's kind of what it looked like is we, we started low and found that we were barely making enough to pay for the next venue. Um, mm. And that's not why we bought it. <laughs> we bought it to make a little bit of money. I mean, I'm not expecting to, um, to purchase Twitter anytime soon, but, <laughs> um, but just to have, you know, extra money and, 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 and to be able to pay my kid, you know, I've got a daughter that's going to be driving a car soon and she wants a car, you know, I just, just to make a little extra money on the side to, to, to live a little. Yeah. And so we bumped our prices up because we went to one event where like the everyday pricing seemed to be okay. But then when we go to a major event where there's 30,000 or more people, then we realize no matter what the price is, because they expect the price to be a little higher anyway, and they're thirsty and they want a root beer float. Yeah. So we ended up bumping up our prices and found that people bought it anyway. It didn't matter. I, and I didn't want to take advantage of that. So we didn't bump them up too high, but enough that now we had enough money to pay for the next venue and the gas that it cost me to get there, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think what you mentioned is interesting because in your case, your everyday pricing for when you're not paying a venue fee could be different from your venue pricing when you are, you're in the event because your cost base is actually different as well. And the customers actually expect that price to be higher. They kind of know that you're paying a fee to, to be in, in those um, venues. Do you adjust your pricing based on the event that you're going to? Is that like usually one pricing for events and one pricing for non-events? Um, I, I was. I started off that way um, and then... I tried leaving my pricing the same, mm -hmm. um, just being parked on the side of the road or on, you know, in a parking lot. Um, but I didn't really do a lot of that. Most of my major event or most of the events where I would take the mug was a pretty big event anyway. Mm -hmm. And I would say probably 90% of my income was at the major events. And so this year, that's why we're, we're hoping for the concession stand that can be a lower price because yeah. we'll, we'll just be there all summer. But then the only place we're going to take the mug is to the bigger events so that so that we're not wasting our time and our gas. Because I had a lot of little events where I was driving a lot and I've got a big diesel truck and diesel's not cheap anymore. And no. <laughs> I had to factor that into the cost of all my my drinks. And so um, not only are we being selective with the venues that we're going to, but but selecting venues based on can I keep my prices there? I want to keep my price point, my margin at, at a reasonable amount to where I can know that I'm making money. So we're selecting venues this summer based on the size of the venue. Like mm -hmm. how much money do we think we can make there? Uh, not in a greedy way, but just, you know, again, just the cost, everything's going up in price. So just being able to recover. And I don't, I don't want to charge too much. I don't want to, 
be that that vendor where people are like, oh, I really want this, but it's so expensive. So we want to keep our pricing to where people feel comfortable and, and not gypped, mm-hmm. but we um, we also want to still make some money. Absolutely. And so having the experience, almost a year of experience with uh, running the rolling mic, uh, which is very unique kind of uh, food truck, uh, well, in, in this case, a, a drink truck. Uh, what do you think is, what, what has been the biggest surprising learning that you had in the year? Thing that you didn't expect to be there and then it happened. Uh, that you think other other people, other food trucks, other restaurants, or people that are thinking about running a food truck would uh, find it uh, interesting and insightful. I think I think the thing that I was surprised at the most was at the beginning of the year when we started, we had almost forty three flavors, and I seemed to do more business after I lowered my menu down to half because mm-hmm. people didn't seem to care. I mean, some of them would, they would sit there and look at my menu and be like, Ooh, Ooh, Ooh. <laughs> and they would get really excited about one or the other, but then they have three favorites now that they're like, I don't know what to do. So even though they're still going to buy a drink, they're now, now it's become a decision that they have to make and they don't, they don't, you know, so you don't want to tie a decision to the food you just want it to be like oh my gosh that's what i want and then they go for it and they're happy so branching out to like a food vendor and some of the things i noticed from a lot of the food vendor friends that i have now is they their menus aren't huge yeah they they maybe they have a secret menu that they have on their social media platforms but they don't have a huge menu. They have three or four or five really good options. And, and that's what people, they they don't want to sit there and try to, ah, do I want this or do I want that? They, they want to say, okay, well, between this, this, and this, I definitely just want this one. I'm not going to, you know, it's, it's maybe one's seafood, maybe one's chicken and maybe one's beef. Okay. Well, I'm allergic to seafood and I don't like chicken. So I'll take the beef, you know, it just, don't give them 17 beef options and 17 chicken options. And <laughs> I mean, it's just, and maybe that won't work for everyone as far as having that small of a, of a menu. But for me, 40 flavors was just too much. Yeah. That creates the decision and anxiety within people. So like I, I look at your menu, just too big. So I'm just going to go to that place that only have two options and I can easily at least I know that I'm not making a mistake I'm not leaving any anything on the table that's that's absolutely uh, correct and and very insightful thank you for sharing that I think that's the case for a lot of places that they try to be everything to everyone and have like all the different flavors that are possible rather than creating something that you can deliver to the customers consistently but with low barrier for entry once once they are talking to you they already have made a decision that they're buying from you you just want to make that the next decision which is which item a little bit easier yeah and i mean one of the i had a, an opportunity to be at a venue right next to the owner of the rolling mug previous to the people i bought it from and mm-hmm. and they have a corn dog truck and they have a long corn dog, they have a short corn dog, and they have fried pickles, and that's it. And they make a ton of money. Like people, that's a corn dog truck. They're gonna go buy a corn dog. Well, 
he's the one that kind of talked me into <laughs> lowering my menu because he said, you are a root beer truck. Sell root beer. Like, don't make it easy on them. They're going to look at it and say, that's a root beer truck. I'm going to buy root beer. Is root beer right now the most uh, sold item in your menu or is that something else, some other flavor? Um, so I have like root beer and I don't know if it's a copyright issue or not, but I have a like a butter beer. I created my own flavor uh, with my daughter. She and I worked on it together and, and we call it strawberry shortcake. Um, so we had 20, I think we sold 2,500 root beer floats over the summer. And my next closest was the butterbeer because it was on the menu before I made mine. Yeah. Uh, and it was like 800. So there's a huge difference in people. This They saw it. They wanted a root beer float. And, and that's what they want. <laughs> most people that when I had the bigger menu and even the shorter menu, they would look at the menu for four or five minutes and say, just get me a root beer float. Like they just they wanted to try something different, but they eventually just said, you know what? I just want a root beer float. <laughs> Maybe it's time to actually have your, your menu again. Maybe 10 items <laughs> will, will be the, the, the new normal. So you mentioned working with your wife and your, your daughter as well, like working on the, on the new flavor with your daughter. What have you learned working with family and, and the give and take on that? <laughs> well, cheap labor. <laughs> <laughs> That's always a plus. But um, my so my wife had a full-time job last year, so she wasn't as involved. Um, it was just kind of my baby and I ran with it. Um, but she had input on pricing and, and flavors and, uh, it's my, but my daughter <laughs> between my, my wife and I were a blended family. We have 10 kids. So <laughs> most of them all, well, they all want to help on the mug. Yeah. Um, but most of them are too young. So I would, I would, you know, well, that and there's there's um, legal reasons like they have to be food handler. You know, they have to have a food handler's permit to even come into the mug um, yeah. and the, the summers get pretty hot. So the give and take, everybody wanted to help, but we couldn't really have everybody help. So um, my three older kids were, were the ones that helped the most. But when they work for dad you know i'm tired i want to <laughs> i want to go home now and it's like no i i've been here for 10 hours i've got at least two more you know i'm i'm still going you guys <laughs> um have to keep keep it up and so that's kind of the 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 benefits of it is is having you know cheap labor but but yeah. at the same time i end up doing most of the work myself because <laughs> they they're my kids and it's a, now it's become a chore and even though they're getting paid, it's still not fun anymore. You know, that kind of a thing, like six hours into it, they're tired. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that's that's kind of the, the, you know, the give and take on family working with kids. That's awesome. William, thank you so much for sharing all your experiences with us. It's been very amazing to, to hear your story. And best of luck, I know you're coming to, to the one year anniversary very soon. Uh, congrats on that and best of luck and on the many, many years of uh, success with the rolling mug and the new standing mug that, 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 <laughs> that, that you're going to have and many, many more to come. It was great uh, talking with you and thanks for sharing your knowledge and experience with us. Sure. No trouble at all. 